back to Secondhand Sellers, where we talk about thrifting, reselling, and all things secondhand. I'm Sarah. And I'm Clayton. And Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas and <laughs> Happy New Year. It's sneaking up on us here really fast. Yes. 2023 is gone. 2024 is nearly here. And with 2024 comes New Year's resolutions. So... Are you a resolver? Uh, I do. Do you? Yeah. Do you keep, do you keep them? Sometimes. <laughs> well, Sometimes. I, if I that did, isn't I did, the story of New Year's resolution. With, with one of mine, I decided to actually take reselling seriously last year, and here we are today. Nice. Hey, so we started a podcast this year. Yep. I also started reselling in 2023. You'd you'd re. re done reselling before. I've been doing it passively over the course of time mm -hmm. as my hobby funding. Mm -hmm. I would sell things from my hobby to regenerate money to, to buy, buy more, more for my stuff. hobby or find things that were hobby-esque related selling. But as 2024 is upon us, we should be talking about your resolutions and why you should, or how you should start reselling in 2024. Yep, you could be where we are now with our reselling mm -hmm. uh, this time next year. So, Or even better. Or better. My sister and I, start. we have talked about it before, we run Keeled Overstock. We're mostly on eBay right now. Um, we started in April mm -hmm. of 2023, and we're chugging along, and um, we're hoping for an even better 2024. So join us this next year. Um, we will get you started. So what is your top advice? If you... If, Let's say I came to you mm -hmm. last March yeah, and asked you, Clayton, I want to start reselling. How do I do it? Number one, mm. use eBay as your platform. Like I agree. I'll, I'll, it's I've a used, great place to start. I've used Mercari. I've used Facebook Marketplace. I've used a couple of other of those weird other reselling apps. I've used Craigslist. eBay's the best overall. It's not the best profit-wise in comparison to cash deals, mm -hmm. but eBay is the best for your margin of customers. Mm -hmm. So if you start with eBay, um, it's going to put more money in your pocket faster. Secondly, though, I would say declutter what you don't yes. want. Start with your own stuff. Start with if your you own stuff. If you want to start reselling... Now, this isn't necessarily how we started. I think mm -hmm. I've talked about before. I've been a big thrifter, secondhand shopper for quite a few years now. Um, it obviously has intensified as I've started to resell. Mm -hmm. But I've always, like for, I won't say always, but for a long time, I have been in that market as a buyer. Mm -hmm. And that kind of inspired me. And I, again, I, I've known people in my social circle that were reselling. But that was kind of my segue into reselling was I was already thrifting. Yeah. Um, but we do sell some stuff that we want to get rid of that we have around our house or that um, in some cases, things that we received after my grandparents passed, they weren't like, you can't keep everything. Mm -hmm. And so there were just things that were sitting around, things that even that they had gotten from other people um, in their lives. So we do sell our personal items. And our, my sister has, has sold some things. We've sold some video games for my husband. Um we just took a smaller cut and gave him the, the, the bulk. So that's great advice. Yeah. If you declutter, mm -hmm. you're going to do two, three things in particular. Mm -hmm. First, 
you don't have to source, so you don't have to know what you're hunting for when you go out to Goodwill. You don't invest any money into it. I think that's a big one. That's right the there. that's the main one. Because if you are if you want to resale, mm-hmm. resell, do you think this might be a fun job, a fun hobby, whatever? Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times with starting a business, the expense of that creates a lot of anxiety. Yes, it's hard, especially if you don't have a lot of money, to just throw money at something and hope it works. Mm-hmm. And I think if you, like you just said, if you use things you already have, you don't even have to put any money in there. And that's also the beauty of using eBay is there are no fees that you pay until you sell something. So sites like Etsy, which you don't have as much familiarity with, they will charge you a listing fee and it's, you know, like 30 cents or whatever, but it's still money that you have to cough up Mm -hmm. and you may not sell anything. And eBay is free until you sell something. Yeah. So if you combine a free item that you already own plus a free platform, you have no reason not to start, Yeah, basically. The second thing it's going to do, it will familiarize you with being willing to let go of things that you enjoy. Because you're going to find things at thrift stores that you're like, oh, I love this. Do you need it in your life? Maybe not. Go ahead and sell it. Mm -hmm. The third thing, it's going to make room for you to have inventory. Because it takes space to have a space for your inventory for eBay, whether that's in a store, you know, a storage tote or a dresser or who knows what. You've got to make room. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of people who are living in, you know, our bedroom or an apartment, or maybe you do have a house when you have a little bit more malleability when it comes to space. But if you don't have those options, you got to make room. So. Yep, those are that's all good advice. Yeah. And I think even this is sort of like while I do think eBay is probably the best reselling platform for beginners, even for experienced people, it's still a great great resource. Mm-hmm. Um, when you're you, on this decluttering idea, when you're doing that, you may come across items that you feel don't have any value or have very low value. Mm-hmm. And this can come especially if you're clearing out your closets. Um, you can also use other avenues when you're starting. Maybe when you're five months down the road, reselling, you don't use as much. Mm -hmm. But let's say you have, you go through a closet, your style has changed in the last decade. You have all these clothes in there. You don't wear them. Mm -hmm. Take them to a consignment shop. That is a form of reselling. You're using basically a broker, a reseller to sell your things for you. Mm -hmm. And then you can get some money and that will clear out your space. It'll give you some money. It's a good way to sell things that maybe are not high enough value to be worth selling on eBay because we've talked about we don't love selling things under $10 very much. Mm -hmm. I do it occasionally, not the best. And once you get below five, it's like you don't even get anything. Yeah, don't don't even waste your time if it's $5 or under. Yep, so I would say my piece of advice, I guess to, to really... Tie it in. Yeah, like crystallize it a little bit is... Look around for all of your options. Mm-hmm. So use consignment shops. You can use consignment shops for physical objects too. So there's clothing consignment shops and then there's consignment shops um, that sell housewares mm-hmm. and random stuff. Those are good options. Look at local auctions. There are ways that you can clear out, especially if you have lower value items that your eBay store is not really suited for. Um, you can clear out in bundles. Or boxes of things. You can do lots. There's a lot of different resources out there that that can start you on your reselling journey. If only because, okay, I'm going to sell 
20 items out of my closet. I'm going to take them to the consignment shop because they're, they're going to be under $10 a piece online. It's not worth the whole shipping thing. Then you earn that money. Then you can use that to source going yep. into the next couple of months of, of, mm -hmm. of sourcing, basically. So not only are you clearing space, but you're also giving yourself a little bit of money that you can use to start that, that reselling business and the sourcing aspect of the business. Yeah. So do you have a tip that you would give? So if I were telling, I think, I think that's, that was on my list too, like solve the things you have. Mm -hmm. um, I think, and we actually are going to have a segment called this, but thrift what you know. Mm -hmm. So when you are ready to actually start the thrifting part of it or the, I call it thrifting, the sourcing part of it. Um, we source from a variety of different places. And chances are, if you are interested in reselling, you probably already are in the second-hand realm. There's a good chance that that's the case. It's not everybody. Some people do sell new goods. They'll buy in bulk lots like Amazon bundles. Mm -hmm. That's a whole other thing. I don't do that. You don't do that. But that's not a yet. whole... <laughs> not yet. Maybe someday. It, it'd be really cool It's on your one. radar. Yeah, yeah. Um, that would be fun. We can go on yeah, yeah, one that or something. Yeah, that would be really cool. Um, but so there are different types of resellers, but many of us are secondhand shoppers. Mm -hmm. And we were already, if you walk into my house, tons of secondhand stuff. And if you walk into his house, same thing. Mm -hmm. um, the shirt that I'm wearing is secondhand. Like that's, this was already a part of my lifestyle, as I said. So I went into this with a, an awareness of, of the secondhand realm. And you, if you are interested in our content, probably already have that too. Yeah. What do you look for when you're at the thrift store? Maybe you know clothing brands. Maybe you love clothes fashion and you know the great brands to find. All right, start there. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe you, I don't know, what do you look for? You uh, games and things. Yeah, I look for a lot of games or <clears throat> toys because I just know the toy world because I've been looking stuff up a lot just because mm -hmm. I can get them for cheap. But and, you already knew board games and, and board those games kinds of things. So it, start there. Yeah, you, you start with what you're already interested in and you learn about other things as you go along. And that kind of segues a little bit into my second point. When you do start sourcing, like I said before, only choose three. Start with your three key niches. Mm -hmm. Be willing to stretch out of them if you have other items that you do want to sell. But don't flood yourself with too much, too broad, because you're going to be scrambling trying to figure out how do I price this, how do I price this, and you're going to end up just hitting a wall where you're not going to be earning profit. But. Yeah. So, um, I guess another piece of advice, once you've like done this, use your three, we have a previous video. Do you remember the name of that? Which episode that was? I don't. It was, a, it it was, was like several episodes ago Actually, um, where we talk uh, about picking your niche. It's, yeah. it, it's literally the episode about we'll, niche. We'll link it in the, in the description. Below. Yeah. We'll put it in there. Um, but you might want to check that out if you want to learn how to more about selecting niches. Mm -hmm. Um, but once you have your, the, the areas of expertise and these do not have to be stagnant. No. That's why I say go with what you know, thrift what you know to begin with. Mm -hmm. You may not love selling clothes. I don't love selling clothes. Mm -hmm. We sell a few select items that are clothing. It's not something I want to do a lot, but if you know clothes, that's a good place to start. Yeah. Lean into it because, er, lean into what you are familiar with. Just because it's going to make selling easier for mm -hmm. you because you're actually going to be interested in it. 
And it's going to be easier for you to have an eye for it to be like, ah, that's worth something. Yep. And if you, it's fine to change. Mm -hmm. So three months down the the road, maybe you hate staging clothing. Mm -hmm. And that's what you knew when you started. So that's why you started there. You don't have to keep doing that. Mm -hmm. But it's a good foot in the door. Yeah. Think about the things. What are you looking for when you're out there? What do you, what do you know about? If you're an artist, maybe you know art supplies. If you, if you're into home decorating, maybe you know brands that are good for home decor. Mm-hmm. Um, sit down and think about it and, and start there. And my other piece of advice, um, off the top of my head would be start small. Yes. Don't go out and spend a ridiculous amount of money in stock. Don't go mm-hmm. spend $5,000 or $1,000. Sometimes maybe not even $100 right off the bat. Yeah. I would put a cap at it probably at 100 bucks. Yeah. Like, especially uh-huh. your first month. And don't do it on one item. Buy mm-hmm. small. Buy small. Buy cheap. Invest. You know, you don't put all your eggs in one basket. <laughs> Same thing. Spread them out. And that ties into your gear. You don't need much. You need three things to sell on eBay. You need your your cell phone or your PC and a camera, okay? You need a measuring tape so you can measure your boxes mm-hmm. and a way to weigh your item. That's it. And even your weighing item, you can get by your first month or so without it. Mm-hmm. Because eBay, especially if you're finding, if you're standing on, on the shoulders of giants... You can find other people's listings for most items you're selling and just sell one like this and you hit that button and it's going to populate the item that they're selling. It weighs X amount and generally that will be the weight of your item. So you don't even have to do the extra steps of weighing the item and measuring it. All the work is already done. You just follow the path and it's going to make your selling experience that much easier. Yeah, and we actually have an episode ta- talking about the tools that we use for mm-hmm. eBay um, or reselling, and we'll link that below too. That's a good place to start because we talk about stuff that you probably already have in your house. Mm-hmm. Um, when you talk about scale, oh, you think, oh, I don't have a scale. You might have a scale. Yeah. Do you have a bathroom scale? That's a scale. Yeah. So I think that's a good good resource too if you're starting out, but don't go buy a bunch of fancy stuff. Mm-hmm. Don't buy the best camera. Don't buy the best lighting situation. Do the best with what you have. And I guarantee in this day and age, you have a lot that you can work with. It's amazing Mm -hmm. what one cell phone can do. (laughs) And if you just start with that and proceed forward, eventually give it a month to three months. You'll have enough profit where you go, okay, I want to invest a little bit into my business. Even if you're approaching eBay as a hobby, right now we're kind of having it brained as if you're pursuing eBay to do full-time, you might only want to do this, you know, list a few items a month. Yeah, but just, you might just want a little fun cash. Yeah, just do what you want within reason. Don't go hog wild with it. <laughs> yeah, and build slowly. Yes. So, all right, you maybe you set that $100 benchmark. You're not going to spend more than $100 on, on supplies that first month mm-hmm. or two. Okay, go out and you source things. And then you get them listed. Yes. And once you've listed... Pay attention to what is selling quickly. Mm-hmm. So that first month, two months, three months are a great learning time. Look at what sold. Look at what didn't sell. What do you still mm-hmm. have sitting 
on your shelf three months in. Maybe that's not the best thing to buy. Um, look at that. Use any data you can get from your own sales, yeah. I would say. Um, and also other people's sales. You want to do those comps. Put a little bit of effort into your listing, but don't spend a bunch of money. Yeah. And I never advise somebody to spend a bunch of money. And when it comes to your listings, I would set a goal of maybe not your first month, but once you get comfortable and familiar with what you are selling, try to do of like 30 listings within a month. You know, one listing a day. It will get you familiar with doing the process, both with um, the items you're already trying to sell and maybe branch out into bulkier items because the larger items that cost, you know, a little bit more to ship, they're a little more dubious. But you'll get to the point where you'll come across something that weighs a lot, but you can look at it and go, ah, it's probably going to cost this much. Yep. <clears throat> Everything's data. Yeah. It, the, you learn more as you go along. I am surprised by how much large things I sold over the past year. Because People will pay an, an crazy, like, mm -hmm. amounts of shipping that I would never consider. I would never pay. But, but they'll it, do it. But it sold. Mm -hmm. And people paid 15 to 20 to, I had one of them, it was like $30 in shipping. And it was, I would never pay that. But the customer was willing to, and... And we have to consider, you know, like, we live in a fairly well-populated area. Mm -hmm. We have access to a lot where mm -hmm. we live. That's not the case for everybody. Yeah. So maybe somebody's paying big shipping, but they live in the middle of nowhere. They have hardly any options for stores. Mm -hmm. And eBay is their primary way of getting these unusual items that they can't find locally. Yeah. So there's a lot of reasons I assume that go into I would love to hear if you have bought something and you paid a lot of shipping on it. I'd love to hear why you decided to do that. Because um, it's against what my gut says. <laughs> my cheap gut tells me no. Um, we have the but, luxury of capitalism in the area. So. Yeah, I, we do live, I mean, within an hour of here, we could, there's so many options. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Um, because we don't live in a major metropolitan area, but we live close enough to yeah. major metropolitan areas um, and higher end areas that we have a lot of options. But that's not the case for everybody. Yeah. It's really not, especially out west. So, um, yeah, so start slow. What what are your other big tips for, for starting with this? Um, don't spend a dot. Well, don't spend a ton of money on your packaging. No, don't be worried about it being too pretty. Yeah. You, you can go, like we said before, free mm -hmm. boxes come from Amazon every day to your family members. If you tell, if you tell family, you tell friends, Hey, I'm, I'm trying to sell on eBay. Can I get your free, your boxes that you're going to recycle or pitch? Mm -hmm. They'll give them to you. Like right now I have a stack of them. In my garage, just that I, I haven't used yet, but that I'm going to use. And if you want to spend any money on packaging, you just need two things. You need, like, bubble mailers and maybe tape. That's I it. have bought, actually, I did today. I Sam's Club had a couple of bucks off of bubble wrap. Yeah. And I did get that. Um, we do not buy bubble wrap very often, but we are getting low and we, mm -hmm. we ship. It depends on what you're shipping. Yeah. So I don't need bubble mailers as much, but I do need bubble wrap a lot because we ship a lot of breakables. Yeah. So it depends on what you're shipping. Look for packaging accordingly. Yes. Um, but we get most of our packaging from my sister. She works at a cheese shop. They get tons of deliveries because it's a cheese shop. So they've got crackers and cookies and meats and all kinds of things that come in there. In a wide variety of boxes. Mm -hmm. I mean, cheese wheels, 
who you wouldn't know if you didn't work in that industry, but sometimes they will come in a box, just one wheel of cheese, but it's, you know, a small box. Um, she brings like uh, bubble wrap and stuff home all the time or those puffy air, air mailers mm-hmm. because crackers can't go through the mail without <laughs> them. They will get, you know, smashed into dust. Yeah. So if you know somebody who works at a small shop and they discard a lot of packaging, you can rescue that packaging from the recycle or the trash. Yeah. A lot of that, pla- especially bubble wrap and the air, the plastic air mailers, they end up in the garbage. Yep. They're in the landfill. You can rescue that. Um, if you have a coworker that you know loves shopping online, mm-hmm. ask them to keep it for you. Essentially, reduce, <laughs> reuse, recycle often. Often. It will drastically reduce how much you pay. We pay for packing, uh, like shipping tape. Yeah. That's the main thing we pay for. Yeah. Like I said, I bought a, a big roll of bubble wrap, but that's not, that's rare. And then one other time I bought some, like, it's, I don't know what it's called, but it's like, Paper, like craft paper kind, but it's got like the little slots. You've probably seen it. Oh, it's like the butcher paper. Um, but it's like got like yeah, slips yeah, yeah. in it the, and it's padding. Yeah. I, um, we found a good deal on that at actually a local. It, they, it's kind of like a thrift store, but they buy new stuff. And mm. then, you know which one's probably I'm talking yeah. about. But they, they mark it down to a, a inexpensive price. So we got a case of that too, just in case. But we have not had to touch that yet. Mm. So um, always look for your free to cheap avenues i've i've spoke about this in other episodes i will estate sale a lot excuse me i estate sale a lot and one of the things that i find people don't care about is bubble mailers Mm -hmm. wrapping um tissue paper i use like you would use for gifts i use that i have bought it at the i think i've i think i got some at the bins i definitely have bought it at estate sales a buck you yeah. can get a pack, you know, a lot and of times. And then you just take it and cram it in there. and Yeah, and a, so... Or even, I've used grocery bags one time. Where it was oh, like, yeah. I, I just, I ran out of bubble wrap. And I just needed a little bit more to pad it. And mm-hmm. I said, eh, I got grocery bags. Blah, 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 blah. Wadded yep. them up, called it good. And you use what you have. Just because, and, and I will say, if you do go to buy your, your packaging material... Buy it through eBay or Amazon because it's going to be far cheaper than if you go to Walmart or any of the other places It because you can get a nice quantity for for an affordable price. But. Yeah, do do your pricing comparisons. Like we bought our packing tape at Sam's Club, mm-hmm. but we're a member there. So it's not it might wouldn't be worth it for us to get a membership for it just for our business because right. it's not big enough. But it was like $3 off for a pack of sh- you know shipping tape, which is... Yeah. Way better than getting it individually. So yeah. don't buy it individually at the store unless you have to, which we no. ran out and I did. So don't don't be me. Don't let yourself run out. But um, yeah, look for the best prices. But when you start out, maybe you don't even need a bulk. Mm-hmm. So maybe you do buy one packing just to see how, you yeah. know. Because like, you might start it and go, I hate this. Yeah. Then you'd hate to be stuck with all of this extra packing material and you don't So if you're two or three months in. Obviously, look for the most economical ways to buy packing mm-hmm. tape. The things that are inevitable. Um, like I said, you can get some stuff, stuff secondhand, which is an interesting way to source your packaging materials, too. Mm-hmm. But maybe that first month, you do not buy the most economical, but you buy one. You spend yeah. 4 or $5 and not $20. Yeah. Um, just to see if you're going to like it. But mm-hmm. once you get into it, obviously, price check. Look for things to go on sale. For the things you have to buy, and don't buy when you don't have to. 
I think next is when it comes to your customer satisfaction and you want to make sure that they're leaving those five-star reviews. Three main things. Actually ship your items on time. Yep. Ship them as soon as you can. Um, I've had situations before where I couldn't ship an item out right away. I message my customer right away and tell them, hey, I'm not going to be able to get this out for two days. You know, life comes up. And generally, they're, they're understanding, but if you don't communicate with your customer and you ship it out later or you ship it after that deadline that eBay says, hey, you've got three days to ship your item out, you know, you're going to get docked and you're going to have a lower rating and you're going to end up having less customers. So it's all, it all stacks up. I, I don't know about you. You're in that customer satisfaction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to strive for having your customers actually leaving you good feedback. Yeah, I haven't and gotten a negative review. I, yet. I I don't think I've gotten a negative. I think we have seventy six reviews in the all five. I've gotten one negative on Mercari that I can think of, and if I remember right, it shipped out around that Fourth of July mm-hmm. time, and so it delayed, and the customer was mad that it arrived late, and I was like, I don't I don't know what to tell you. I shipped it as soon as. Like the yeah, first most day, eBay so. people are fairly reasonable. Mm-hmm. I try to get out, obviously, within that three-day mm-hmm. range. After that, like, eBay themselves will dock you, even if the customer yeah. doesn't care. Yep. Um, but the big, I guess, for me, strive to be helpful. Mm-hmm. So customers will ask you questions, answer, like, communicate with them thoroughly, and do so promptly. Yeah. So I'm not saying, oh, you get a message right now, and you have to, right now. But don't leave it for two or three days. No. Get back to them when you get a second that later that day. Yeah. Answer their questions. Because customers are fickle. And if you don't respond to them within that day, they're just going to go buy it somewhere else. Even if that other customer or that other seller has it listed for a higher price. Mm-hmm. So. And so I think that's a big one. I think along the lines of this, the, the being in the mindset of trying to be helpful, mm-hmm. um, help them solve problems. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had an issue with, it was the post office's fault. Mm. Um, but I shipped something out and I had packaged the label. I hadn't done it like flat on top or on one of the side. I had kind of taped it on the side and it kind of went over the corner. So, but it was readable. Like the barcode was clear. You could read the addresses. They shipped it this was the post office, shipped it all the way from where I live in Michigan to Georgia, which is where it was supposed to be delivered. Like, I actually think it ended up, if it didn't end up in the post office that should have delivered it, it ended up within 20 minutes there. And then they turned around. So I, this had been like, I mean, it was like a week. And the, the customer contacted me and was like, I think the post office lost it. Mm-hmm. And it was a priority or something, so it did have insurance on it, but insurance to the post office, it's sometimes annoying. Um, but anyway, so I opened a clip, I opened a like look for a lost package kind of thing. They, I looked at the tracking. Okay, same day I opened it, they closed it in the post office that it was supposed to go to in Georgia, or, or you know, like in the city yeah. that it was supposed to go to. They closed the case. So I thought, I contacted the thing. I was like, I, they closed it. So I think maybe they found it or something. Its last, last known location was this place in Georgia. 
The next morning, I looked at the tracking. It came all the way back to Michigan. They shipped that thing. They carried it all the way to Georgia and back and did not deliver it. Oh, my gosh. I was like, what is happening? United States Postal Service, we love you. We use you all the time. Whoa, get it together, man. We have some great people working for you. Both. And I mean that realistically and sarcastically oh, at the same gosh. time. There's a, and I found, <laughs> I lucked out because I found one of the actually good ones. So it came back. And what I think they were doing is we have a post office box. So that our home address isn't on our mailers. Mm-hmm. And I think they were looking at my PO mm-hmm. box because it had had a couple of like miscents before it ever got to Georgia. Anyway, they sent it back. So annoying. So I went and picked it up at the post office where our P.O. box is. I, I, what I did is I, I saw that it was in the post office where my P.O. box is. I called them. I was able to actually find a number to the actual post office and not go through the whole post office thing. I called them. Somebody answered. The lady was willing to pull it for me. I was oh, like, nice. can you find it? Can you find it? And then she found she was willing to take her time. Oh, I'm so I was so thankful for this lady because the item was... Of decent value. It sold for over 100 It was a video game. And so we had one of them. And it was my actually one. Was something I was selling for my husband. And she pulled it out for me. And she held it. I drove to the post office and picked it up. And I was like, forget it. I don't care even if I have to like... I am not letting this like in this circus yeah. of shipment again. I'm not going to risk it for another week for you to maybe deliver it. Yeah. Um, so I pulled it and sent it UPS. And then of course, like three days later, it was there. It was delivered. Mm-hmm. Um, I did file a claim though on that one and I won it. Good. So I got some money back on that one, which I, they should have fund my, at least my shipping yeah. because yeah. they fumbled it for a week. I, I want to say it was like nine days by the time it was all, the whole saga was over. I was so relieved when I picked it up because I was afraid who know who knows it, what happened yeah. to me. It, uh, it was a whole thing, but afterwards, and I, I kept in the communication with with the buyer, and they gave me their address for UPS, and I got we got that out. And so, because they they had wanted it to go, they, if the post when I mailed it, it was going to be going to PO box, so mm-hmm. I didn't have their actual yeah. home address, and UPS doesn't deliver to PO boxes. So anyway, we got that resolved, and they did leave me. Uh, they left um, Hannah and I a review. That we were, you know, go, something along with good the communication. They said USPS wrecked the shipment, but they were able to get it and send it UPS. Mm-hmm. So they took the time to leave us a review and, and basically told other people that we were willing to be helpful. Yeah. And yeah, it was a little extra for me, but also like, I'm thinking this item is, it wasn't a $5 item. And I was afraid that it was going to get lost. So for, mm-hmm. for me, I was just happy to take it out of that crazy stream of the, whatever circus was going on. Yeah. Um, but the customer appreciated it too, and they got their item finally after. And, and that goes to show, you took the steps to communicate with the buyer continually, and that ended up leaving you with a positive review, a positive experience mm-hmm. for the customer, which in turn is going to leave a lasting impression mm-hmm. on your eBay page. And if you don't take those steps, you can damage your eBay page sooner rather than later. So. But, and especially if they're buying expensive things from you, mm-hmm. people want to, it's different to spend $10 or $15 than it is to spend $100. And if someone's going to spend a large quantity, they're going to, they're going to charge $100 or they're going to, you know, pay $100 for something. 
they want to know that it's coming from somebody reputable, somebody mm-hmm. who cares, somebody who will do their best to get it to them in good shape. And we've had other issues where I've had to cut. We had an issue with uh, our packing. We try really hard. To, we, I've said it before, we send a lot of breakables. We've had one thing break. And I tried, we try really hard not to let that happen, but it happens. Carriers are often not kind to packages, <laughs> even when you write fragile on every side. Um, and it was a mug. It was a set of two. The handle broke off. The person contacted me. They said that they, you know, can you send another one stat? We don't have it. And uh, because the handle broke off, I was like, I don't have one. Here are my solutions. Mm-hmm. So it's insured. You can take it to, you can take it to the post office and file for the insurance. And unfortunately the post office requires you to like show up with the packaging. So it's a whole thing. Um, or you can, we'll give you, you can keep the item and we'll give you a certain amount back off of the mm-hmm. purchase, which is the, what she chose. I said we would refund the purchase, like this portion of your thing. Yeah. Or you can ship it back to us and then we'll refund. Yeah. So I gave them a few options to try to solve it. I said, unfortunately, we don't have another one because we sell a lot of one-offs. Um, thankfully, it does look like this one could be glued because of the way it broke. It broke real clean at the at the actual thing. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, I offered some solutions and some options and sort of put the ball in their court with how they wanted to resolve it. Mm-hmm. Um and I never heard, she took the refund or partial refund and I never heard anything else after that. Yeah. I, I had a situation where I sold, um, that guitar hero set I sold, um, two guitar heroes and the game. I had already tested the game, but when the customer got it, they were like, it's not working on my system. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it was just when I tested it, it just happened to work or if their system was dirty. I don't have a way to validate it. But I was like, it's worth me going ahead and refunding my customer a portion of the fun of what they paid so they have a better experience. And that was one of the offers I offered. Um, the other was you can return everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, it lost me some money from the sale. But in the long run, it gave the customer a better experience. And I still made a good profit. So... You, you work with what you got and be willing to communicate with the customers. In the end of the day, it's a customer service business. Yes. So And eBay will generally side with the customer, even if the customer is in the wrong. And I think we all know that there are not great people out there. Mm-hmm. But in my experience, there are a lot of perfectly good, good yeah. people. People who want, they just want a resolution. Yep. They don't want to cause a fight. They don't want to fuss. They just they paid for something and they want what they paid for it mm-hmm. and, or they want to help because I mean, it does suck when you pay for something and then it's lost in the mail or, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever, broken, or right. it gets broken. Like it's annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually though, the thing that got broken, they were Turkey mugs. So they, it was right before Thanksgiving. Mm. And so it was seasonal on top of it. Yeah. Um, so just go into this as a new reseller Customer service minded. Now, I don't think you need to bend over all the way backwards yeah. for people who are being unreasonable and and just demanding in ways that are not fair to you or to other people. But in my experience, there are a lot of nice people on, on eBay, too, mm-hmm. that just they really just wanted this thing. And, yeah. you know, it sucks for everybody involved. So yeah. there's both there's two sides to every story. Yeah. And sometimes both. Of those. Yeah. <laughs> but 
But but overall, hmm. if you have never done reselling or you're going into it and wanting to actually take it serious, go into it with the expectation that, yes, this is work, but it can be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know about you. I have a blast learning about the different items that I'm picking up or when I'm selling it. It's like, man, I didn't know about that. I, I, I listed a tea infuser that is shaped like a tea kettle uh-huh. that came in specific packages of tea from the UK. Mm-hmm. It, it's just the little things like that that I never would have known about till I started listing it. No, I've learned about a lot of things. It, and sometimes the things that are out there that you would never even... Why is this here? Mm-hmm. Why is this a thing? Never would have even considered that anybody would want it. <laughs> I've learned about so many brands. Like, even this week I learned about a brand called... Uh, it's called Crusader Wear, and it was made mid-century around World War II. And often they made canisters and, like, mess kits and stuff mm, for, okay. like, the war or whatever. I found a couple of canisters. It was a canister set at um, Goodwill, and... Initially, like, when I picked them up, I thought, like, oh, maybe I'll use them for tea bags or whatever. But I flipped it over. There was the maker's mark. <laughs> and I Googled it. And so now I know about this company. It's um, LNG. I can't remember what this stands for. But they made this particular one of Crusader wear. And it actually has, like, a picture of, like, a Crusader. Oh, that's like, cool. He's, like, a guy wearing, like, the chainmail, yeah. you know, hat thing. And um, on the bottom, that's their logo. And I don't know if it was used in World War II, but I can guarantee that it's in that age range, because that's when they started making it, hmm. and the company stopped existing in 1955. Oh. So, and they're just stainless steel canisters. So I learned about this new thing, too, that I had never never known about. No. So, um, be open to learning. That's a big part of this. Start small. Mm-hmm. Be customer service minded. And I would say, ultimately, the big one, just try it. Yeah. I know, don't, I, I understand the concept of being apprehensive. I understand that some of us have that personality. We are apprehensive. I tend to be apprehensive about a lot of things, especially if there's money on the line yeah. or, or and you have to risk link, involved. You have to link your banking account to eBay, and that's scary. <laughs> <laughs> Mitigate your risk as much as you can. Like it, like we said, source affordably. Mm-hmm. Source your, your packing materials affordably. Use what you know. Don't worry about what you don't know. And be willing to learn. Mm-hmm. And most of all, just start doing it. Yeah. Go there in 10 minutes. Well, maybe maybe 20 minutes if you're brand new, just learning to navigate the site. But in about 10 minutes, you can have your li- first listing up and running. Mm-hmm. And that's all it takes. You just list, and then you list again, and you list again. And, you and be consistent. Be, be consistent, repeat often, because repetition builds. Yep. So, so did you have... And it's in eBay is an algorithm, mm-hmm. just like social media sites. So it it thrives on more and more and more input. Yeah. So that's that's really the consistency piece is really important if you want to be successful. Um, do you have any other tips for new newbies? If you're brand new to reselling, we have an entire podcast you can actually listen to right here on YouTube or yeah, wherever you're listening to Yeah, we talked about linking a couple podcast. of below here already. <laughs> we'll get those couple of episodes that we talked about linked below. Um, but also post your questions below. What did, what didn't we cover that you're Mm -hmm. curious about? Like what aspect of reselling, um, has been holding you back? 
what are you worried about that's been yeah. holding you back? We'd love to hear that. We we try to respond to our comments, so yeah. pop them in there, and we will um, get back to you as soon as we can. Yeah. One or the other of us will respond. Um, do you have anything else? Or no, that, do you? Nope. So I think we'll go, go okay. ahead and go into our segment of Thrift What You Know. Yes. So back to what Sarah said earlier. When you thrift what you know, you're going to have a little bit of fun finding it because it's actually interesting to you. But what is something you thrifted recently? Thrifted recently that yeah. is in that category. Yeah. Um, somewhere. <laughs> um, I have, I've talked again and again about the Redell and I found, actually, it's funny because it's a thrift what I know, but also what I don't know. Um, this particular item, it caught my eye partially because of Nicer wine glasses look different than cheap ones. They mm-hmm. do. The quality of the glass, they're usually finer and thinner. They're more, more delicate looking, um, which is the opposite. When you think of quality, a lot of times you think of heavier and thicker. Yeah. That's the opposite in glass. Gla- finer glass or crystal is often less clunky. Um, and so it caught my eye because of that. So that is the portion that I knew. I kind of can scan and things will catch my eye based on looks and, and that kind of thing. But what I didn't know is I wasn't familiar with this particular line. And I often pick up Redells, which I've talked about. But this one was actually a Lennox. Um, and it's the Oxygen line. It's a white wine glass. And I'm just, it's one. Um, I'm selling it basically. It'll be like a replacement if, if it sells. So that's something I picked up this week. I got it for a dollar because it was in the miscellaneous glassware at Goodwill. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, like I said, it's Lennox, which I've heard of that brand. But I didn't even know that it was Mark Lennox till I got home. Um, but I, through Google Lens, I was able to identify it because it's a distinct shape. Hmm. Um, it's not just a, a standard shape. So the Google Lens was able to pick that up and tell me that it was a Lennox. Um, but oftentimes, if there's, it did have an etched label on it, which is often indicative of quality as well. So that's my trip. What you know this week. How about well, you? Um. I don't know, because <laughs> I have not actually been to the thrift store in probably about three so, months. So what about the last thing you saw, like in the last months uh, of sourcing, what's an example of something that you thrifted what you knew? Um, actually, you know what? So recently online, because one of the things I will do for sourcing is I will scan other websites. I was actually browsing through Mercari as I was listing a couple things on there, which I've talked about before, but... Um, I found a GameCube with a game mm-hmm. and two controllers. The asking price was 55 bucks plus like 12 bucks in shipping. However, the game they were selling with the system is like a $45 game. By itself? <laughs> By itself. Oh, wow. So I actually ended up sending the customer an offer, or the seller an offer of $50. And I got that just because I already know... Yes, I spent like $60 on this one thing, which is a lot. But in between. Per item. In between the game itself, that's going to be 45 Just mm-hmm. done. And then the system itself is going to be more like 60 to $80 because I'm already including the two controllers. And that's, that's $80 after like my fees okay. and stuff. So it was kind of like one of those, I'm turning Mercari funds because Mercari, you actually have to pay a fee to export your your money. 
which is really stinky. Yeah, that is stinky. Um, so I like to use the money I have on Mercari to just regenerate items I can That's sell on eBay. That's an interesting tactic, too. And... That's an advanced yeah. tactic. <laughs> <laughs> That's just... I happen to be on there listing things that aren't going to sell on eBay. So you, you'll at least double your money then. Yeah, probably. Nice. probably. I'm hoping to get 2.5 in. Because I'm going oh, to list the system a little higher than what it what the market rate is. Because people are listing them a little higher if they have... Two controllers plus a memory card, and no, that's a great I've, I've got example. A extra you games, knew right so. off the bat that that game was worth mm-hmm. a decent amount, so that I did double check before I bought it because it was like. But your gut, your yeah, gut I was like, that's a, that's a forty-five dollar game. They're asking fifty, huh? So I ran the numbers first before I did it, but but your gut told you to do it. Yeah. So that's a good, great example. So again, um, I think these two examples throw what you know. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you so much for joining us again this week. We'll be, be back again next week to talk more thrifting and reselling. Again, like and su- subscribe and throw your comments and questions down there. We would love to chat with you. Uh, have a great day.